Hey, this is Scott Walker. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Freedom Fighters. When my brother David and I were kids, I can remember all of us and the neighbor kids, we were taught by our parents and everybody else in our neighborhood that you stand when the American flag comes by in the parade and you put your hand over your heart. When we were kids in school, we sang the Pledge of Allegiance. And back in, early on in school, I can still remember saying the prayer at the beginning of the school day. And we knew all the words. We stood, we didn't kneel, we stood and put our hand over our heart and sang the national anthem before a sporting event or at school or other activities. Now, my parents, Lou and Pat Walker, God bless them, they were models for me in so many regards, but certainly they modeled it. I, I remember from the youngest age, my dad in particular, uh, making sure I knew to not just stand for the flag, but to put my hand over my heart, to stop talking to my brother, and, and uh, to make sure I showed it the reverence uh, that the flag stood for. There were other people in my community that did the same thing as well. And I grew up in a small town called Dullivan in south central Wisconsin, right near the Illinois state line. And one in particular was a gentleman named Claire Condon. Mr. Condon was a retired engineer at the city and a member of our church. He was also a veteran of, get this, two world wars, World War One and World War II. His kids, my brother and I, would often go up to his house and he still had shells and pieces of things he had brought back. And I remember Mr. Conan was our assistant scoutmaster as well as a leader at the local American Legion post. Every year, going into Memorial Day and other significant holidays, he'd get all of us kids who were involved in scouts and just some of the neighbor kids as well to come up to the old cemetery and put flags on the graves of all the veterans. He had us, I remember after Memorial Day or on Memorial Day, he'd have us kids pick up the empty shells after the 21-gun salute although he clearly made sure we knew to wait for a moment to, to make sure they still weren't hot. And he taught us, most of all, the importance of reverence for those who died for what that flag represents. I remember Mr. Condon and others in the Delavan American Legion Post encouraged me to attend Badger Boy State up in Ripon, Wisconsin. The veterans and the educators and staff involved in the program, I was so honored. They, they selected me to go to Washington, D.C. to be a part of Boys Nation, and it was that program that really, for me, sparked my interest in public service and love of our country. I'd, I'd always loved history and loved uh, social studies, but it really was that sense that from these veterans, one of whom was a guy named Bob Turner, who was my senior counselor when I went to Boys Nation. Mr. Turner was a, a Vietnam veteran. In fact, years later, in 1990, he became the very first Vietnam veteran to become the national commander of the American Legion, God and Country. That's their motto. So it was a great reminder, and uh, not just a reminder, but, but embodied in what he and the other veterans did. I, I look back now, not just at Boys State and Boys Nation, but just as my childhood, and I think many of you listening might agree that patriotism wasn't a political issue when we were young. Respect for the flag was consistent across economic, racial, religious, even geographic categories. So how did that change? I remember one of one of the speeches I refer to often is the farewell address from the Oval Office that President Ronald Reagan gave on January 11, 1989. In addition to talking about the incredible recovery that the nation had gone through over the, the past eight years, he warned us about going into the 90s. It's really interesting. He said, younger parents aren't sure that an unambivalent Appreciation of America is the right thing to teach modern children. And as for those who create the popular culture, well-grounded patriotism is no longer the style. 
Those are Reagan's words in 1989. Those parents he was talking about, those are the parents of millennials. Think about that. It's fairly revealing. Now, he continued with a near the end of his warning. He, he gave us a basic charge, as he often did. He didn't just lay out a problem or give a warning. He, he, had, an a, he had an answer to that. He had a, a suggestion of what we do going forward. He said, let's start with some basics. More attention to American history and a greater emphasis on civic ritual. Let me repeat that. Let's start with some basics. More attention to American history and a greater emphasis on civic ritual. Imagine if most people had actually acted on his warning more than, 33, more than 33 years ago. I thought about that a bit this past year when Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, talked about not playing the national anthem before the start of the basketball games. And as woke as the NBA is, at least they were smart enough to realize that in all places, Texas, but just in general, how that wouldn't fly I worry, though, that in a few years and in a few generations, Mark Cuban may not be an exception, but the rule. Still, having said that, I, I have hope. Uh, just last week, Tonette and I went and saw Top Gun Maverick with my brother and my sister-in-law, and we loved it. We absolutely loved it. In fact, I was just doing a radio show this morning, and he asked about that. And I said, you absolutely have to see it. Now it's a great movie. I, I went because Ben Shapiro and others had suggested that the the visuals alone were worth the, the price of admission. I one of the distinct honors I had when I was governor was I, as commander in chief, I would go out and try and visit each of the different units in the National Guard. And at one time I went up with the uh, the folks from the 115 Fighter Wing in Madison, Wisconsin, at Truex Field. I went up in a tandem uh, in an F-16 with Bart Van Roo and and spent a couple hours up there, and wow, uh, you know, we had to do compression suits, we had to do the physical and everything along the way. After we were done, I found out I pulled at one point about eight and a half Gs. You need full 100% oxygen on, and yeah, my eyesight narrowed, but I didn't pass out. And thankfully, I didn't throw up. Oh, they did kid me the day before. Uh, they told me if I eat anything, I should eat bananas. And of course, I asked why. And they said, well, bananas taste the same on the way up as they, wait, they do on the way down. Uh, thankfully, I didn't eat a banana. But, but anyway, I, I thought it would be worth it just because everything I heard of was that uh, the cinematography was, was so remarkable. The actors were actually in the F-14s. And, um, and true, to, true to the word, the, uh, the visuals are unbelievable. That is indeed worth the price of admission. But the bonus was that there was more. You know, this movie was a massive box office hit. In fact, it ranked as the biggest Memorial Day uh, weekend opening in, in history. And one of the columns I read about it comes from military.com. They noted that, that cinema score polls, uh, movie, this thing called cinema score, I should say, polls moviegoers as they leave theaters on the opening weekend. And Top Gun Maverick actually earned an A-plus rating, which is incredibly rare for movies with an opening uh weekend box office over a hundred million dollars typically they're all all popped up but that they people don't it doesn't meet their expectations but that's not the case with top gun maverick um people love it and in fact that apparently again i did a little more research that's part of a trend with tom cruise movies that they don't open as strong as others uh, but they tend to have positive ratings which are what movies want because then people want to come back i can attest that i i would easily go uh, in the next week or two, go back to see it. And, and I can see why Cruz and the others wanted to wait until theaters were, were back uh, and, and open because this 
you would not do it justice watching it. As great as your own TV sound system might be, there's nothing that beats the pounding of those engines in your chest that you can actually feel in a movie theater. So all that talks about the, the movie itself. But what I love about it is that this is an unabashed uh, pro-America movie. This is a patriotic movie where members of the United States Armed Forces are actually the good guys. They're on the side of good, fighting against those who are clearly evil. The fact that that kind of a movie can do so well at the box office is, to me, an incredibly optimistic sign. The movie is filled with strong men and strong women and is unapologetic about loving America. It just gives me hope for the future. Now, I was thinking about that. Uh, I was talking with Tim Van Horn uh, in Memphis, and, and he was kidding me because I geeked out. I went to the opening, and yes, I had a, uh, a Top Gun t-shirt on, uh, one of those throwbacks. And um, for me, it was a big deal. I, I, I'm a child of the 80s. I graduated from high school in 1986. So uh, for me, Top Gun was a big deal. And it's worth remembering that Top Gun came out during the, the middle of the Reagan administration. Prior to 1980, when President Reagan was elected, our country was in malaise. You know, we had some of the same issues we face today with high gas prices and food prices and an unsteady economy. Add to that the fact that the U.S. was viewed as being weak in the world. I mean, my goodness, I can still remember my brother and I putting those yellow ribbons around our, our, our tree in the front of our house uh, in support of the 52 Americans, one of whom was Kevin Hermaning from Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Those hostages were held for 444 days. Ironically, they were released just, just at the time that Ronald Reagan was sworn in as our 40th president. Now, turning the economy around, well, that took some more time, but Ronald Reagan enacted the uh, sign into law, the largest tax cuts in American history. He did it, by the way, at the Reagan Ranch, which is why I'll be there again in a week. And I love my job at Young America's Foundation because it gives me this incredible opportunity to, to visit not just the site where he signed the largest tax cuts, but where even prior to being president, so much of his thought process about pushing back and standing firm and ultimately leading to the fall of communism took place. Um, but you, you look at what he did uh, uh, really helped the economy take off. Largest tax cuts in American hi history, rolling back excessive government regulation. We had one of the longest periods of economic growth that went not only through the Reagan administration, but into the, the Bush and ultimately even into the Clinton administration. In many ways, it reminded me of that uh, that slogan in the 1984 Reagan-Bush re-election, it indeed was morning in America again. So last week I was thinking about all of this, not only with Top Gun, but with celebrating Flag Day, a, a tradition that started uh, right here in the state of Wisconsin. And I was thinking about all that it stands for. Some people might know this, others may not, but the very same day, June 14th, every year, we celebrate the birthday of the United States Army. It's, this year was the 247th anniversary of the founding of the Army. And I think at that time of that flag and the patch on the side of the uniform or the flag being carried into the battle, and I think of all those who served, not just in the Army, but in all our armed forces and the sacrifices of their families and Ultimately, literally, the ultimate sacrifice made by so many of our heroes, both those in the past and those more recently. We live in the land of the free because of the brave. That's why it really is my honor to work with Young America's Foundation, not just because of the Reagan Ranch, which is pretty cool in its own right, but because we promote an unambival unambivalent 
appreciation of America, as Reagan would say. We're unapologetic about it. We love America. We love America so much that when people attack us for this, that, or whatever on the left, you know, our response is simple. We love America. We don't care whether you're rich or poor, black or white, young or old, whether you were born here in this country like I was, or you legally came here from somewhere else. We want every American to have the same freedoms and the same opportunities that we inherited from past generations. We understand at Young America's Foundation, the biggest threat to our freedoms may not be from foreign enemies, but from those, those embracing socialism and communism from within our own country. Now, we've still got plenty of work to do to save our beloved nation. We can start by waving the American flag, thanking God for those in uniform who protect our freedoms each and every day. God bless the USA. Until next time, I'm Scott Walker. Keep fighting for freedom.